The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. That was super. Man, that was just great. The entire family, thank you. What a wonderful, wonderful talent. Take your Bible, please, and go to 1 Timothy again. Look at it just for reiteration's sake, as I often do on a Sunday morning. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Here Paul again is uh, speaking to that which is Timothy, a younger man in the faith, and he says, fight the good fight of faith. He says, lay hold on eternal life. That means understand what you have. Don't, don't, don't lose the value of it. Uh, lay hold on it. In other words, let it get a grip on you. Understand what it is to be saved. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called, thou hast professed, a good profession uh, before many witnesses. And so uh, he is uh, kind of um, patting, if you would please, Timothy on the back and say, look, you, you've done a good job. You've got a good profession among many witnesses. But he's saying this. He's saying, now lay hold on this. Don't, don't let this slide. Don't let uh, something come your way that uh, would steal your joy, if you would please. And so I want to speak this morning on enjoying your salvation enjoying your salvation. You ever get on a ride? You rode the ride. After you got off the ride, you said, I enjoyed that. Now, maybe you're like me. You get on the ride. You're standing there in the ride, maybe at Six Flags, you know, and you see all these people, and they're going way up. And then as that ride starts to hurl down towards the ground, you hear these screams, ah, you know? And, uh, and then you think, you're standing there in the line, and you're thinking, do I really want to get on this ride? You know, I mean, am, am I really, am, am I insane or what? I, do I really want to get on this ride? And then those same kids, normally kids, those same kids that uh, just scream to the top of their lungs that got off of the ride, you thought they were going to die as they're falling from the sky down to the earth. They immediately run as quick as they can and get back in the line all over again to ride the same ride. Now, that's the ones that's insane. But, uh, but can I tell you, there's a joy in serving Jesus Christ. There's a joy in knowing that you're saved. There's a joy in coming to church. There's a joy in being able to open a Bible and have the Bible be able to speak to your heart because our Heavenly Father cares so much about us. And so I'm going to speak this morning on enjoying your salvation. Here we see the Apostle Paul. Uh, he gives uh, some ideas. I'm going to use some other scriptures whereby a person can enjoy being saved. I hope you never lose the joy. Remember David went into sin and David said this. He said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He didn't say restore my salvation. He never lost his salvation. He said Re uh, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Now I'm not saying that Christians ought or should even walk around all the day smiling from earlobe to earlobe uh, and just uh, uh, being uh, supercharged and overly happy all the time. But can I tell you, uh, even though you go through trials and difficulties and complications in life, you can rejoice in the fact that you're saved and saved forevermore. So let me give you some thoughts this morning. May I do it, please? Enjoying your salvation. How can you do that? Number one, uh, acceptance of the Savior. Acceptance of the Savior. Uh, you'll never enjoy salvation until it becomes personal. 
You'll never enjoy salvation until it becomes yours. You'll never enjoy salvation until it becomes that which is you and Jesus Christ, you as the person needing Christ and the Savior becoming your Savior. The Bible says this over in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. He says this, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against this day. And so Paul said this. He said, I know who I have believed. He said, I'm persuaded. Uh, does not our Bible teach us in First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 13, where it says, These things have a written on... Uh, you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Does not the Bible say in John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, but as many as receive to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so uh, how is it that you can enjoy your salvation? Well, first off, there has to be the acceptance of the Savior. You'll never enjoy being saved until you are. You can hear about it. You can uh, uh, study it. Uh, you can uh, be able to pretend. I was out uh, door knocking yesterday, and uh, Brother Yao, uh, chairman of our deacons, was with me, and we went door knocking in a neighborhood, and, uh, and I came up to this one guy, and we talked to a lot of people yesterday, but I came up to this one guy, and I asked him, uh, do you know for sure if you died, you go to heaven? And, uh, and he said, yes, I know that. And, uh, and, and I said, oh, so you're a Christian? And he said, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. And I said, well, uh, if I was your friend and I wanted to go to heaven, I wanted to become a Christian, what would you tell me to do? Oh, he said, I lied to you. I I'm not a Christian. He said, I just said that because I really don't want to talk to you. And he said, uh, I don't want to talk to any Christians. And he said, so I, I'm not interested in becoming a Christian. And I said, well, I, I'd like to give you this, be a friend to you one day. If you ever need uh, any help or if we can help you as a church or pray for you, or if you ever get to the point in the place of uh, understanding your need of Jesus Christ, allow us to be a help and a friend to you. And uh, I gave him the gospel track and I just went about my way. Now, can I say this? Can I say you never... Uh, know how to appreciate the Savior until he becomes your Savior. Uh, I'm excited about talking to people about Jesus Christ. Why? Because I'm a Christian. I'm excited about living for God. Uh, why? Because I'm a Christian. I'm excited about having fellowship with my blessed Savior. Why? Because I'm a Christian. And can I tell you, that makes all the difference in the world in enjoying your salvation if you have it. Uh, a, a person needs to be saved in order to be able to understand uh, about salvation and the preciousness of that gift that God gave us through his only begotten son. So how is it that I can enjoy my salvation? Number one, uh, acceptance of the Savior. Number two, assurance of salvation. Assurance of salvation. Uh, somebody said, uh, I said, I've been saved, but I've never doubted. And praise God for people like that. But did you know that uh, most Christians I come across, they do doubt from time to time. And you can be able to receive assurance of salvation. How can you do that? Listen to your Bible. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, the Bible says, and he said unto them all, if any man would come after me and uh, uh, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me 
me. Uh, uh, how is it that you can receive assurance of salvation? You follow the one that saved you. You know, uh, uh, when you go out soul winning or you talk to somebody about the Lord Jesus and you give them a gospel track, uh, did you know that uh, when you share your testimony about how you received Christ as Savior, uh, it, it bears witness to you and, uh, and it's uh, a refreshing to you uh, simply because you shared the gospel with someone else. Uh, may I say this? First Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, and Peter testifying, uh, who are kept, it says, by the power of God through faith on the salvation ready to be revealed in the last times. Oh, look at this. My dear daddy, he received Christ as Savior. And he said, uh, Mike, he said, I just don't, uh, I don't understand how God can keep me. I just don't understand how God can keep me. I've been so wicked over the past many years, and I just don't understand. Yes, I received Christ as Savior, but how is it that God can keep me? Uh, John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29, I'll read it here. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they know me. The Bible says that I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Any man pluck them out of my hand. Listen to this testimony. It says, my father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of the Father's hand, all right? And so what takes place is you as an, uh, a person that needs Christ as Savior, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus Christ holds you. He holds you. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. Because when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, God the Father holds Jesus and also you. You have a double affirmity. Uh, other words, uh, you don't uh, ever have to worry about perishing. You don't ever have to worry about dying and going to a devil's hell. Uh, you don't ever have to worry about uh, uh, ha not having your name uh, written in the book of life. No, once you're saved, now watch this, once you're saved, you are always saved. Now that doesn't mean that you might live like it. I've seen Christians that are pitiful. I've seen Christians that say that they're saved, but they don't act like it. But can I tell you, the grace of God is good from the beginning to the end. Uh, once you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're saved forevermore. Oh, I hope that all my children, we, my dear wife and I, we have four children. We have three precious boys and a girl. And I hope that always they will identify with being a Wells. I hope so. I hope they'll always be proud of being a Wells. I hope they'll always be proud of their daddy and mama. I hope so. But can I tell you, uh, if there ever comes a day when they say, uh, I'm not proud of being a Wells, and I'm not proud of having mama and daddy, I'm just not, I want to uh, not to be associated with that much. Well, can I tell you this? Uh, it doesn't change the fact that they've been born into the family. Oh, yeah. Oh, you remember Peter? You remember Peter? Oh, Peter backslid, took uh, five people with him, backslid, and there was a day when he denied Christ. He denied the church. He denied the disciples. But uh, God was still working in his life and in his heart, and uh, God changed him and uh, brought him back. Now, can I tell you, there's always hope for those that are saved and they stray from God. Now, they can't stray from salvation, you didn't work to get it, and you can't work to keep it. 
Salvation is through Jesus Christ. When a person receives Christ as Savior, they receive eternal life. Why? Because eternal life is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that possesses it. That's why, my dear friend, if you're here this morning and you think that you're going to go to heaven because you've been baptized, you think that you're going to go to heaven because you're good, you think you're going to go to heaven because you keep the Ten Commandments, uh, you think you're going to go to heaven uh, because uh, uh, you keep the sacraments, uh, you think you're going to go to heaven because you're some type of a religious uh, uh, type of person. No, you can't go to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Why? Because he that hath the Son hath everlasting life. It's not Christ in baptism. It's not Christ in being good. It's not Christ in going to church. It's not Christ in the seven sacraments. It's not Christ in the Ten Commandments. It's Christ in Christ only. When I receive Christ as Savior, he gives me eternal life. Now, how is it that I can enjoy uh, my salvation? I can enjoy my salvation uh, uh, by the acceptance of the Savior, uh, by assurance of salvation, by the assembly of the saints. By the assembly of the saints. Uh, by the way, you didn't go to a bar room this morning. You came to church. This is the assembly of the saints. Can I tell you, there's something wonderful about the assembly of the saints. Oh, come on. Uh, we got a special handshake. Oh, you didn't know this, did you? There's a special handshake uh, among Christians. Come up here, Dr. Bachman. There's a special handshake among Christians. I'm going to show you what it is. I'm going to show you what, that way you get it. And so you got to pay real good attention. Special handshake among Christians. You said there's nothing special about that. Yeah, it's called friendship. Amen. It, 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 it's called uh, fellowship. It, it's called enjoying each other. Amen. Uh, you come to church, you got something in common. You come to church, you got something to talk about. You come to church, you've got something to enjoy. Uh, you're not going to get that someplace else, but you can get that at church. Why? Because born again, baptized believers uh, are coming together, and we're coming together. Why? We're not coming together to uh, sell a program, and we're not coming together to try and uh, become somebody. We're coming together. Why? Because of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that knits our hearts together, and we can come together. We can enjoy good old-fashioned singing. Yeah. Uh, we can enjoy singing together. We can enjoy those that sing behind the uh, pulpit or those that sing in the choir. Uh, what is that? That's the assembly of the saints. Uh, watch this, if you will, please, in your Bibles. We talk about the assembly of the saints. I want you to see what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, the Bible says this. The Bible says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So God says that there is going to be a day when people forsake the assembly. Now, I'm sorry to say, but some of that's hit America. I know you won't believe this. You probably heard rumor of this, but there are churches that don't have church on Sunday night. Now, I know this is probably going to shock you uh, uh, deep down inside, but you won't believe this. But there's churches in America don't have church on Wednesday night. Hello. I know it just may shock you just a wee bit, but there are Christians that don't go to church. I know that's probably a shock to you because that's probably what Christians ought to do. But can I tell you this? There is a, a, the assembling of the saints. 
When we come together and we sing the songs of Zion, we come together and uh, we shake hands and we fellowship. And then sometimes after church, we have those after church fellowship. You know, yesterday we had more activities around here than you could shake a stick at. We had a senior saint fellowship. 60 years of age and older uh, uh, got together. And what'd they do, preacher? They ate fellowshiped that's the assembly and then guess what oh uh, uh, yesterday evening starting at five o'clock we had a couple's activity so what'd you do we ate <laughs> then we played volleyball to work it off uh, and man we had a good group of uh, of uh, couples that came out for a couple's activity and we just fellowshiped and had a great time and we laughed and we spent time together now what am i saying uh, I, i'm saying this there's the assembly of the saints when the saints come together uh, uh if you would please uh, for the preaching of the bible or when we have those uh, special conferences like the ladies conference or the missions conference or the baptist leadership conference or or when we have the special clinics we just had a music clinic and churches in the region uh, came and joined us and uh, dr uh, lonnie moore uh, did a great job in teaching us music and voice so that we could do a better job uh, with our singing abilities and can i say this can i say there's the assembly of the saints, and there's nothing like the assembly of the saints. You know, we sing uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is our common denominator. We sing about the Savior, and he's the one that we worship. I'm saying this. I'm saying, uh, how is it that you can enjoy that which is your salvation? Uh, the acceptance of the Savior, the assurance of salvation, uh, the assembly of the saints. Statement number next, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, the, uh, a person that is not saved is dead. In Come here, Timmy. You did a good job singing. Come up here, if you will. Uh, 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 lay down here, if you don't mind. Uh, a person that is not saved, they're dead in trespasses and sin. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says the word of God is spiritually discerned. What's that mean? That means it's spiritually understood. Okay, so wait. Here's a person who comes to church, not saved. They've never received Jesus Christ as Savior. Because they've never received Jesus Christ as Savior when the man of God gets up and he opens the Bible And he begins to preach the Bible. Uh, they can understand where Matthew is They know where Mark is They know where Luke and John is they can find it. I mean, it's there they can they can go through their Bible and find it But they're gonna have difficulty in understanding the Bible Now why because it's spiritually Discerned. I want to submit something to you. The more you walk with God, the more you'll understand your Bible. The more you read your Bible in person during the week, the easier it is to enjoy it on Sunday. If all it is you come to Sunday and, and now preacher gets up and preacher, you know, uh, he all of a sudden opens the Bible and, and, and he gets excited about what he saw in the Bible and, and he's hitting the pulpit and he's preaching the Bible. Can I tell you, uh, you might look at that and say, hmm, that's weird. But if you're walking with God during the week, it's like you got something to be excited about because you got something out of the Bible too. But wait a minute, you know a person that's not saved? They don't understand the Bible. When we preach about certain riches found in the Bible, 
uh, certain truths that the Holy Spirit is the only one that gives definition and illumination to. When all of a sudden a preacher gets up and he begins to preach about those things, then to the person that's not saved, they're bored. You know, that, that, that's the type of people who bring cell phones to the service. Because after all, the Bible's not keeping their attention, so they've got to do something else. Hello. That's the type of person you look out there and they're falling asleep. You know why? They're not getting nothing out of it. So they just come to church and this is where they take their Sunday morning nap. But now wait a minute. All of a sudden, the Bible says that he's dead in trespasses and in sin. But one day, soul winner comes by, counselor comes by, preacher comes by, word of God is preached. Uh, somehow he gets the gospel. He understands the gospel. He receives Christ as his Savior the very split second in time. When he receives Christ as a Savior, God quickens him. What's that mean? That means that God makes him alive in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now here's what happens. When he comes to church and the preacher's preaching, now he is excited about the preaching. Now he's smiling about the preaching. Now he's paying attention about the preaching. Now, can I say this? Can I say there is that anointing of the Holy Spirit of God? Well, what is that? Well, every Sunday school teacher ought to be anointed with the Holy Ghost. Every Baptist preacher at the Mount of Pulpit across America somewhere ought to meet with God long enough that God himself can anoint that individual with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I realize where we live today. I realize we live in a gaming community in a gaming type of age, if you would please, where people seemingly have to be entertained and churches are going that way today where it's got to be some type of entertainment in order to keep the people's attention i understand all of that but can i tell you the holy ghost can circumvent all of that why because he's the one that can change a man's heart and it doesn't matter about the, uh, the program the program doesn't have to be entertaining in order for god to work can i say there's still a holy ghost can i say there's still a heavenly father can i say uh, jesus still saves people and god can reach down to the guttermost and save them to the uttermost and what does he do he makes them alive in christ jesus thank you be seated if you will so there's anointing of the holy ghost uh first timothy chapter 6 and verse 13 he says i give thee charge it says in the sight of god who quickeneth all things before christ jesus before pontius pilate witness a good confession and so he's saying to Timothy, he said, I'm giving witness of what God did do even before Pontius Pilate. He's given evidence of the Holy Spirit working. Let me give you two more and I'm done. There's the activities in service. I'm talking about how is it that we can enjoy our salvation? Well, you have to have it to enjoy it. Then there's the assurance of salvation. Then there's the assembly of the saints. There's joy about that. Uh, there's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Then there's the uh, activities in service. Um, it's good to be in church. But uh, can I tell you, it, it, it's kind of extra good when you have an, a church that has things for you to do. I was thinking uh, about the ushers. Thank God for them. That's a ministry. You know, people could be ushers. You know, people can work in the nursery. We have five choirs. You know, people can sing in one of those choirs. 
We have nine bus routes that go out to help uh, people in need. You know, somebody could work on a bus route and help somebody and love them. We have greeters that meet different places at doors when people come in. Uh, you, know, you, you say, well, anybody could be a greeter. Mm, that's why we need more anybody's. But when somebody comes in, they smile and shake a hand, say, God bless you, thank you for coming today. Uh, we have 11 different times of scolding week. Oh, you could dive in on one of those. We have five junior churches. Somebody could help out with one of those. We have two nursing homes. We have a Saturday evening service. Uh, we have A, B, and C services. We have uh, the video cameras. Uh, we have uh, the live stream that we do. We have buildings that need to be kept up through maintenance programs. We have a soccer uh, team and a basketball team and a volleyball team and sports teams. We have a kitchen. Oh, and can I tell you, thank God for the kitchen. But people need to work in the kitchen. We have things that we decorate for, special events. I'm talking about that, uh, uh, that youth conference, that missions conference, and the ladies conference, and then uh, different things that we do throughout the year periodically uh, to decorate things for. We have tons of youth activities. We have a, a, a lot of couples activities and singles activities and uh, children's activities. And the far above Ruby's program, you heard mentioned here a moment ago uh, with one of the men reading the announcements. And, and there's the Baptist Scout Rangers program. It's like, a, it's, like a, uh, uh, it's like a Cub Scout, Boy Scout program. It meets on Saturday. And we have men uh, uh, that uh, have the experience to be able to teach them how to tie a knot and throw a fish in. Uh, not the fishing ride, but just throughout, uh, go fishing, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. I mean, I'm telling you, we've got lots of things for boys and girls and teenagers and men and women. There's accountability, and I'm done. Here it is, the accountability of the scriptures. I said there's the activities in service. Ephesians 4 and 12, the Bible says, perfecting, it says, uh, of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. That means the building up of the body of Christ. And lastly, and I'll give it to you, there is the accountability of the scriptures. The accountability of the scriptures. You know, it's a good day when you can lay your head down on your pillow at night, dear friend, and know that you're right with God. Amen. That's a good day. It's a good day as a daddy when you said, I did all I should do as a daddy. I did all I should do as a husband. That's a good day. It's a good day when uh, uh, you as a wife can uh, look at your husband and say, boy, I tell you what, I did everything I was supposed to do uh, by being your wife today. That's a good day. It's a good day when a mother can look at the children, or yeah, yes, the children can look at the parents and say, boy, I tell you what, it was just a good day being at home, loving mom and daddy and serving. That's a good day. Wholesome families, not a thing of the past, thing of the present. And that's a good day. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner, it says, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So may I say this as I close, accountability to the scriptures. As we read the Bible, God speaks to our heart. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful blessing? You know, I did not own a Bible until I was 18 years of age. And uh, in, in my house, uh, it, uh, it, was not, uh, uh, it was not acceptable to own a Bible, and I came up that way, and so I never had a Bible. I remember when I got saved and I received Christ as my Savior, I remember this to this day. I remember praying and saying, Dear God, would you please give me my own Bible? 
And I remember not too long after that, the person that raised me for the first six years of my life went home to be with the Lord. It wasn't long after that, and she had purchased a Bible. And she had it there, and she said, this is, gave it to her sister and said, this is when Mike gets saved. I want to get him his first Bible. I got it in my office. And did you know, uh, I was given that Bible not long after, just, just a couple uh, weeks or months or so after I got saved, I was given a Bible. And to be able to open the pages of God's Word, see, let me help you out a little bit. God's Word is what changes lives. God's Word. That's why I tell people, uh, bring your Bible to church. Bring your Bible to church. You always should be searching the Scriptures and bring your Bible to church. And when the preacher says, open up, the Bible and let let God speak to your heart well it's a wonderful thing for a pastor to say open up your Bible and hear all the pages of the Bible turning we ought to be students of the Bible and can I tell you that uh, uh, when I got that Bible and I started to read that Bible that uh, Bible started to change my life and change my life forever oh, why because there's accountability to the scriptures you ever hear a preacher preach brother Joe you have uh, you ever hear a preacher preach and all of a sudden he says something you sit there and you look at that and you see it in your Bible and you're underlining it and you're writing a note beside it and say I never saw that before that is so good I'm going to come back and study that have you ever done that it's an amazing thing to do it's an amazing thing for your children to see you carry a Bible to church that's an amazing thing it's an amazing thing for those of you that's in the teen department that you're an older teenager for younger teenagers to see that the Bible is important to you and you're carrying it to church and you got it open and you're taking notes and you're learning and there's a yearning to be able to understand the Bible truth. May I say there's accountability to the scriptures. You lay your head on your pillow at night and say, man, this is a wonderful thing to be able to know that I pleased God according to the pages of the Bible. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.